Let us look to the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Truly, right now, Lord God, by your Spirit, search, touch our hearts, Lord God. Just as we sung the song, let us draw near into that place of praising you, Lord God. Of magnifying your name, Lord God. Of praising you, Lord God, and magnifying your presence. Because it's you, Lord God, that has loved us. And for that reason alone, it has brought us to this place where we can love you in return, Lord God. As your word has said that we only love you because you first loved us. We only can love you if we know that you have first loved us, Lord God. And so we thank you for your love. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. Let this day, Lord God, as your word touch us. Let it change us. Let it rearrange us, Lord God. That we will never be the same. That we will never be the same, Lord God. Allow us to know you this morning, Lord God. Because in knowing you, it, 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 it's... It, it, tears down the walls, Lord God, of the enemy that tried, that has come to distract us, Lord God, with cares of life and, and, and aches and pains and all sorts of things, Lord God. Knowing you, Lord God, diminishes all of these things. So today, Lord God, we need to know you. Yes. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you will, let us open our Bibles yet again to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And our text first on this morning as it was last week is verses 12 and 13. We are continuing the message from last week. This is part two. And the message is titled, Are You Working Out Your Own Salvation? Are you working out your own salvation? This is part number two. Are you working out your own salvation? And on last week, yes, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13 is the text. And so on last week, as God has begun to break this down, this word down to us and begin to speak to our hearts, along with the title of the message being, Are You Working Out Your Salvation? There was a question there came with it. And that question was, are you working out your salvation or are you working for your salvation? This is a big deal, my friends, and if you miss this, then you miss the whole boat. So the question is, are you working for your salvation as opposed to working out your salvation? And this is a big dilemma in the church. My friends, and this is why God is, is, is going to impart to us an understanding. Because there, the two is certainly not the same. There's a one that can be working for the salvation. And that one that God described to us on last week, that would be somebody that, uh, or, or those of us, and probably most of us at some point in our lives, even maybe up till now, that working for our salvation comes, it, it, it's the picture that looks like us, you know, have you ever, you know, when you fall down, the, the, the song was, was just talking about it right now, is that do, are we condemning ourselves because we make a mistake to the point that 
we have to, uh, that makes it very difficult for us to get back up and, and in even getting back up is more of us trying to prove to ourselves that we may show God that we are worthy or we deserve his forgiveness that's working for your salvation my friend and while it's such a thin line it's one that, that is uh, a line that is so broad from the perspective of God and it's one that can separate us actually in many ways from the work of God that he wants to do in our life just without us because we don't understand that we are to work out our salvation as opposed to work for your salvation in there Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and I'm just going to quickly review and we're going to move forward from last week but chapter uh, 12 I mean verse 12 of chapter 2 it begins by saying this therefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed me, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's verse 13. Somebody read that again with me for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, this is the key in working out our salvation, my friend, is that first and foremost, you got to understand that working out your salvation means is to know that God, it is God yes. who is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, yes. to work out your salvation is to understand that it's God. Somebody say God. God. It is God at work in you. So this ain't you trying to prove anything to God, but this is you opening yourself as a vessel that God may be able to occupy, that he can do what? That he can work in you both his will and his good pleasure. Yes. Both his will and his good pleasure. So this ain't us working, trying to show God anything. Yes. But this is us coming to this understanding into a place that as a child of God, that I am to open myself to allow his work to be done in us. I'm just going to slow down right now. Because this is truly a thin line and is such a dilemma yes. in the body of Christ. That we have kind of been led to believe or, 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 or taught, but I, I don't even know what the right words even to say there. But this working, this thin line has left us at a place where it's devastating the church. And not only is it devastating to the church, but it's devastating in the fact that it stifles the church because the, the church is not being open enough. When I say the church, I'm talking about you and me. Yes. That we believe in God, but then the work of God's will and his good pleasure is not being able to work in us. Yes. Because in order, because we stuck at a place trying to prove to God. From every fall and every time that we mess up, we're trying to prove back to God that we're worthy of what he's already done. Yes. And he had to do it because we never was worthy. And we never will be worthy. Yes. But the good news is, is that this salvation is in Christ Jesus, who more than was worthy, who has already paid the price, glory be to God. And so last week we talked about the fact that when uh, working out your salvation, then first and foremost that we have to understand is to know that it's God that is who, who is at work in us. It is God who is at work in us. And then we also talked about the fact that salvation belongs to the Lord. This was huge because while we have to talk about this and while God is breaking this down and the way that he is is because for us to ultimately get to the goal, which is to work out our salvation as opposed to continuing to work for our salvation, there's some understanding that needs to happen. And the understanding first starts with salvation in and of itself. The, the salvation, the Bible says in, in Psalms chapter 3, verse 8, that salvation belongs to the Lord. Yes. See, I know that... Uh, for most of us, and, and including myself, for most all of our lives, we thought that salvation belongs to us when God gave it to us. But no, the word of God is very clear. As he, as, as, as he's speaking to us, that salvation belongs to him. 
And he speaks of, of salvation also in the form in, of belonging to God is that salvation is God's inheritance. Yes. Is what the book of Psalms 28 says. For those of you who were here last week, if you weren't, write these scriptures down because you want to go back and look at them. Psalms 28 verse 9 says the salvation is God's inheritance. And we in, in Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 26. Write that down. Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 29 speaks of the same thing that in, in, in salvation being God's inheritance. The Deuteronomy chapter 9 speaks of the fact that that, that inheritance is in the form of you and me, God's people. This is uh, new, but it, no, excuse me, this is not new news, but it may be new for each and every one of us because in our minds, and even how we may have thought, is that salvation is, is belongs to us, and we thank God for it. No, salvation belongs to him, and this is a, something that he has benefited us with. He's granted to us. Yes. But salvation is his, and it was his from the beginning, and it always would be his. Amen. This is huge in understanding. Somebody might be saying, well, what are you talking about? What difference does it make? It makes a whole bit of difference. This is the reason why we're not able to work out our own salvation, because we think it's ours anyway. See, working out your own salvation is to do, what do we say that meant? Is to know that it is God who works and will, uh, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yes. See, there ain't no reason to work out your salvation if you don't know salvation belongs to him. Because what, I'm going to work out something that he already given me. It's mine. No. That's right. No, salvation is his. And when he imparts it or benefits it to each and every one of us, from this day until the second coming of Christ Jesus, then because it's his, then, and we understand that, it takes us to this place that gives us a whole new meaning for the time that we have left here. See, this is linked to the time, and it speaks of the time that we have left here, how and what God wants to do with that time that you have left here. So this time is now, now when Second Corinthians chapter 5 talks to us about uh, now that we've been raised with Christ Jesus that we should no longer live for ourselves but for him who died for us. See, now we can understand that this life that he's talking about, now that makes sense because what he wants to do is in you for you to live for him with this time. Not use this time for yourself. Yes. Knowing that you, you want to spend eternity with him but let me just use this time for myself, Lord, right now. You know I'm coming. See, this gives a whole new meaning. I'm talking about to those of us that are, that are believers. Those of us that have been ultimately been given salvation and realize that salvation is God's inheritance and it comes in the form of his people. If you, um, I can't go over all that we went through last week, but just know and write the scriptures down because if you look at them, then you'll see it for yourself. So there was a question, again, it, it brings back the question to what are we working for? It leads us right back to this place of what are we working for? Are we working for our salvation? Or are we working out our salvation as Philippians? The word of God says to us in Philippians. So God said there's, in order for somebody to work out their salvation, there's two things that one must understand. The first one, justification that one would need to truly understand what justification is all about and what it is and so he spoke to us on last week a powerful message in the fact that justification is what God did in Christ justification is God giving of his son to be that appropriation for mankind it was what God what Jesus accomplished in himself that satisfied the Father. Not satisfy you or me, but justification comes because God was satisfied. Yes. With the finished work of Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and we looked at Acts chapter 13, verse 39, where Peter was preaching to the multitude and how he was, man, he broke, was breaking the bread of life with them. In there. 
and he, and he spoke about justification. Just like, uh, write this scripture down, I'm giving you the scriptures that you can go back. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. All speaks of the fact that of justification is in Christ Jesus. It was finished by Christ. God accepted it. And so therefore, in order for us to work out our own salvation, then we need to know that it starts with the understanding of being justified. Do you know what justified means is what God asked on last night. Justified means to be, to know. It's to know something. It's to know that all your transgressions are gone. That's powerful. Justified means to know that all of your transgressions are gone. And it ain't uh, all your transgressions are gone. See, now, just right there for just one second. Justified means that this is what God has done. When one accepts it, that you are justified right there. And that happens once for all. Once, all at one time. This book, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28 says, So Christ was offered up once to bear the sins of many. He will appear a second time for our salvation. And justification is done once and all at one time. One time. When we accept Christ Jesus, then justification happens. So what that means to you and me is that when you accepted Christ Jesus, all your transgressions were gone right now. Yes. All the ones that you did, all the ones you were doing, and all the ones that you would do. We got to stop right there because, see, that's so hard. I mean, we can hear that with our ears, but it's hard for us to comprehend in our hearts. And this is the reason why we continue to work for our salvation because we don't understand justification. Come on. Justification means that when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, when you accepted him in your heart, that all your transgressions were gone right then. Right then and right there. And if, you, if we could grab a hold to that in our hearts, then there ain't no way that even if we fall down that we have to struggle to get back up or try to prove to God anything anyway. Because all of my transgressions are gone. Yes. And I know what the dilemma is because I'm a human being just like you. And the dilemma is, is that we were born into sin and we were shaped in iniquity and we, don't, and we learned how to deal with one another differently. See, well, the way that we learned how to deal with one another is that when you mess up, then you got to show me some repentance. You got to show me some remorse. You got to show me something that makes me feel like you really have changed. You see? And that makes, that's the dilemma that, that is at work in each and every one of us. Because just the way we treat one another and, and deal with one another, then we think it. Somehow, not thinking with the mind, but we think somewhere, it's somewhere in there, uh, in us. Yeah. <laughs> even at a place that we probably don't even want to acknowledge, but they, they somehow, that's how we got to deal with God, or that's how God is going to deal with us. Uh, that's right. But he says, no, my friend, you've been justified. You've been justified. All your transgressions are gone. So it, it's strange to God when we try to work for our salvation. It's strange to God when, when we're trying to prove to him that we are worthy of salvation. See, because when, when all of our transgressions were gone, when we were justified, somebody say justified. See, when we were justified and all of our transgressions were gone for God, that's what happened. So when we go, when we fall down, that was already taken care of. But then, but then God is it's like, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing trying to prove to me? Don't they know that they've been justified? And see, this justification don't come by our good works. It don't come by us. It came in the form of Christ Jesus because Christ satisfied God. That's why this is so important, my friend, that we understand that salvation belongs to God because Jesus delivered it to him. You did it. We did it. See, this is why this is so important because we're trying to work for our salvation when the, Jesus has already delivered to God that salvation and salvation belongs to God. It benefits us. Yes. 
And thank God that Jesus presented to God the salvation. That he gave God what God wanted and God wanted salvation, which, uh, which is his inheritance. He wanted his people. And Jesus did that for him. Yes. Glory be to God. As Deuteronomy says, that uh, your inheritance, bless your inheritance, Lord, oh God. Your inheritance. Which is us. Which is us. He says, bless your inheritance. Not our inheritance. See, we think that somehow that it's about our inheritance. My friend, if God didn't have an inheritance that was coming to him, then you, you or me, we wouldn't have a chance. But that has been delivered to him. The, 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 you know, when you get an inheritance, there's a, I don't know if anybody has ever inherited anything or been put into, in order to inherit something, then typically you have to be put into a will. That when they, and it's, it's a legal document that, that is put aside that when this, uh, when, when a certain thing happened and that's a death when a then the testament can be open and, and it can be read and it can be revealed and that's when you receive your inheritance but before you ever even got an inheritance it was already written see there's a time in, the, uh, in between the, it being willed to you and you received your inheritance is what I'm saying and see now and see what, God, what Jesus did he written in the will for God, that God, there's a, I'm gonna give you your inheritance by through your my obedience to what you want. I'm gonna give you salvation that belongs to you, and and, and and so God is looking forward to His inheritance, my friend. See, somebody, please write this scripture down because you don't know that they just me saying this. Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse twenty-six. Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse twenty-nine. Speaks to us, and, and, and the understanding is very clear. As Moses prayed for the people, that God would bless his inheritance, not bless their inheritance, as though that they were going to inherit God. No, the inheritance belonged to God. Yes. That is you and me. And we need to be blessed along the way. So this justification. It, it comes in the form, this is what connects us to, this is what changes everything. That when God was delivered salvation by his son, then it opened the door for when one receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that yet, that which is well beyond our natural understanding of being justified, being that all of our transgressions is gone. Let me just stop right there for just a second because this, I don't care how far we get down the road, if you miss any of this, it ain't going to do you no good. And my question right now for you to ponder in your heart and ask God right now, Lord, reveal to me supernaturally by your spirit a, a supernatural understanding of justification, of the fact that I've been justified. That all my transgressions are gone. See, because we need to comprehend that. Because otherwise we'll leave out the same way that we came in and thinking that, uh, you know, no, we'll know it intellectually. But I'm talking about know it experientially. That you can walk this thing out. Because this is the only place that is going to give us the foundation. If it's the beginning of the foundation that we can stand on in order to begin to work out our salvation. Yes. And I'm telling you right here, right now, my friend, as long as we don't have this understanding and we continue to work on our salvation, we are not being a blessing to God. It, it does not satisfy the Lord. Amen. It's not satisfying to the Lord. It's not even acceptable to Him. Justification gave us liberty and freedom. Whom the Son says free is free indeed. That's what it did for us. It set us free to be able to live for God. Justification. All of my transgressions 
or go. And it ain't because I did anything. Jesus. But it's because Jesus did it all. Yes. And that's this ain't words that you ain't heard, but it, it, you know, the funny part about it, and I can see it in this by the spirit, even right now. Oh, I've heard that. And and we still we struggling with it. God is just saying that, yeah, you heard it. That's why you're hearing it again, but you don't understand it. You don't get it. You do not get it. Because you'll leave and you'll continue to let sin and anything that anytime that you fall take a hold of you, bind you for a, a moment, and then when you feel like you've done enough to be free, then you'll begin to get up and try to walk in freedom. That's not working out your salvation. That's working for it. That's working for it. Which you can't do. You can't. And while we are continuing to try to do something that, is, that we can't do, then guess what's left undone? Us working out our salvation, the very thing that he tells us to do. The second thing, and this is where we pick up at, is justification that we have to understand that all of our transgressions are gone. And then it's sanctification. And we can't even get to sanctification without a true, a true sanctification, without a true understanding of justification. See, sanctification then is this. It's a setting apart. It's us understanding that God has now set us apart. And there's two things that we want to understand about sanctification. See, sanctification, first and foremost, it is a, like, uh, it has a liking to justification in the sense that it, uh, for God, when he sanctifies us, I mean, he sets us apart, it happens once. But for us, the process that we go through is a process of sanctification. See, when God sets you apart, he don't change his mind because you ain't finished the process. Or you just begin, or you won't even start the process. It's the same thing. It's kind of like justification. He don't change his mind. He don't justify you, and all your transgressions are gone. And then when you first make the first mistake, then he said, "No, I'm gonna give you, give them all back to you." So sanctification, first and foremost, from God's perspective, then understand this: is that when God sanctifies us, that means He's called us to be set apart. Yes. Okay. Now, in him calling us to be set apart, then there's a process that needs to, to, to start in, in uh, a process of what? Obedience that has to begin to take place in there. So turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In this process of obedience or the process of sanctification by obedience, is one that we grow, thereby we grow progressively in holiness. We got to understand this. This is a serious thing, and it's a very hard thing to even minister on. One, because people think they already know. And the other one is because it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a real dilemma between self-effort and us working because of what God has already finished. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. This is Paul's actually greeting to the church. And look what he says. In verse 2 he says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints, with all who are in every place, call on the name of Jesus our Lord, both theirs and ours. The key here is just to establish the fact that we, the church, 
the saints of God, we are called, we are called to this. To those who are sanctified in Christ. And that sanctification only takes place in one place. And that's in Christ. We only are, we are set up apart in Christ. That's it. There ain't no setting apart, no other way, no other shape, no other form. There's no other setting apart here. This is what God has done. So let me explain to you like this. Keep understand this. This ain't what you did. See, because this is a part of the dilemma. We keep trying to set ourselves apart in Christ. This is what God did. He's and has already done. God has already set you apart in Christ. Yes. When he justified you. So this ain't something that you can go back and do again. But with the understanding of this, this is something that we will grow in. And I ain't talking about grow uh, in a way that what I'm talking about, well, let me tell you what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is with this understanding that we begin to pursue holiness and pursue the progression of following God because of what he's done. Yes. Not to deserve or to earn or to show that uh, we approved in what he's done. Yes, all right. Here's the example, because, you know, have you ever been or seen somebody or maybe even yourself been promoted on a job? See, when, when one gets that promotion, then a lot of times people will get a promotion and then they'll work the job to prove that they deserve the job. That's what I'm talking about. There's a difference in when one accepts that promotion and then he works from that place uh, because he got the job, then he works with the, uh, not trying to prove that he deserved the job, but work there because he was being given the job. That's the, the notion here, my friend, is that God is saying to each and every one of us, do you understand the place that I placed you in? What I, how have I set you apart in Christ Jesus? In there, and so your desire that burns on the inside of you should be a desire to follow Him or to grow progressively in Christ because of where you are, not because you're trying to prove that you deserve to be here or try to get there. And I'm telling you, because as much as we try to prove that we deserve to get there, this is where our failures come from, and, and when we fall, this is where we're being bound at. But see, when you at this place and you know that God has placed you there and you didn't deserve to be there and you didn't have to earn this, but you are honoring it. So, oh, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about living from a place of honor unto the Lord because of what he's done. It changes everything. It changes the motivation of our hearts is what God is really trying to change. In that same chapter, look at verse 30. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. And here the writer is writing, and he's talking about glory only belongs to the Lord. And he says, but, to, but of him you are in Christ, who because, I mean, excuse me, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, Jesus have came, he became all of this for us. Not that you are righteous. Jesus is righteous. We in him. Not that you sanctify. You ain't sanctified. But we sanctify why? Because we are in him. We're not redemption. He is. I'm going to read that again. Matter of fact, let's back up a little bit so you can get the whole gist. Because he's talking about glory only to the Lord. Back up to verse 26. For you see your calling, brother, that's you and me. That not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base thing of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. The base things of the world and the things that are despised, that which God, that's what God has chosen. And the things which are not 
to bring to nothing the things that are. He chooses the things that are not to bring to fruition the things that are, to the right understanding to the things that are. So God chooses the lowly things. He's chosen us. Yo, not the, the, the he, don't, he didn't choose the, the high and lift it up. This ought to be good news to somebody in there. And then God choosing that. And look at verse 29 as he says that there's a reason why. That no flesh should glory in his presence. This ought to humble our hearts, my friend. And it ought to put us to this place that no glory, uh, no flesh will glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. He became for us wisdom from God and righteousness from God and sanctification from God and redemption from God. Jesus has become all of these things for us. This is what we need to understand. And in verse 31 it says that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. This is where our praise has to come from. See, and without a true understanding of this, then we offer God what we want to give him and think that we're doing him some service. But with a true understanding of this, then this is how he can touch us by his spirit to, uh, to offer him praise. For who he really is. And to give us a true understanding about the that which God has placed us in. The justification that he's given us. The salvation that now benefits us. That belongs to him. Yes. And now we can begin to truly understand that it's, it's God's inheritance that, uh, that is coming to him at the end of time. Not that we uh, are, are in, like God is our inheritance. Come on. Like God is our inheritance. No, you are God's inheritance. Yes. And it makes a big difference. Because here, an inheritance, again, what is that? That is something that you that you go get. That's something that's worth something. It's something first and foremost that you didn't work for. Whoever worked for the inheritance. It ain't something that you bought. It ain't something that you labored for. It's something that has been given yes. to you. That's what inheritance is. It's something that we wait for. And God is waiting for his inheritance. He's waiting for his inheritance. And the Bible speaks to us that, that those of us, that we will inherit the kingdom of God. That we will inherit the kingdom. And that's a benefit that we get to experience the kingdom. But we're talking about an inheritance here. And we're talking about God's inheritance. Look at second, first Thessalonians chapter 4. So there's a process to this sanctification. And that process comes through obedience, first and foremost. And obedience, as we just seen here, is, is tied to a growing process or to grow progressively in holiness. So there's a call for us to grow progressively in holiness. And it's not a, so my motivation to be holy is not because I'm trying to earn the salvation that God has. It's because I have the salvation that God has. So that should be our motivation to grow progressively in, in holiness. It's, it's because God has made you holy. He set you apart. He's put you in a holy place. He took you out of the contaminated place and put you in a holy place. So from that holy place that you could not get to without him, then we ought to live from that place. Yes. That's what he said. So that is our motivation to live holy, not because we got to try to show him that we earned, that we deserve this holiness he gave us, but because he's given us holiness. Which one of us, he, we've been cleaned up and then we should go back and live like the dogs? It wouldn't even make sense. And it doesn't. So first, uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. Everybody there? Yes. You got to understand, or we have to understand, 
that sanctification is the will of God. Look at verse 3. It says, for this is the will of God. Somebody read with me. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification. So this ain't your will to be holy or to progress holy or to be sanctified or to live a sanctified life. It's not your will. It's the will of God. We know it ain't our will. But, let, but the word of God wants to show us that it is his will. Yes. So in verse 3 it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. That's just one part of it. Look at verse 4. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in what? In sanctification and honor. Yes. So to grow progressively in holiness is an honor that we show unto God because of what he's done. Verse 5 says, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles. And the part that I want to show there is, who do not know God. So if we know God, then guess what? Then it is his will for your sanctification. It is his will for you, us to live like this because of where he's placed us at. Look a little bit further. Skip to verse 7. And it says this. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but to what? Holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but, but God, who has given us of his Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. See, the rejection of this. You ain't rejecting me telling you this. What does it say? For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man. Yes. But God. Yes. Who is, but God. Somebody say, but God. But God. So if, uh, if, if, if something, you know, and this is why this is a, a, a serious dilemma, my friend. And why we have to receive this by the spirit of the living God because your rejection of this. And I ain't talking about your intellectual rejection of this because you ain't going to intellectually reject it. But I'm talking about that was deep rooted in your heart. If you allow uh, the enemy to deceive you and you are not walk, uh, working out your uh, salvation and you continue to work for your, trans, uh, your salvation, then you are rejecting God. We're rejecting God. We're rejecting God. And God has made, He preserved this sanctification for us. He preserved it in Christ. When Christ finished the work. So we don't have an excuse, my friend, if we love the Lord. We don't have no uh, excuse to not pursue the growth, progressive progress into to, to, to holiness. There ain't no excuse because it started with Christ and it was finished with Christ. And guess what? And not only that, it's reserved and preserved in Christ. I'm talking about God. His, his judgment for us is preserved in Christ. So what does that really mean? So that means that when, when he justifies you, he's not going to change his mind. When he sanctifies you and sets you apart for, uh, for his good work, when he set in, in motion for you to live from this place, he's not going to change his mind. That's what it means. And, you, and, you're, and you're proving to him or, or doing good is not what's going to keep this preserved for you. It's already been preserved by Christ. Yes. So what is that really speaking to us? What is really speaking to us is that it ought to have a heart change. It ought to create a heart change in, a, in us. That how, if God has done all of this for me, and I love the Lord, and I know God, how can I continue the same? Come on, Jesus. 
It's really what it breaks down to. It's no way with this understanding that you could continue to live the same, my friend. Your heart would have to change for him if you know him. Yes. You cannot, you cannot continue on the same road. It's impossible. Yes. It's impossible. Look at Jude. Uh, it only has one chapter, and it's verse one. Jude is the book right before Revelation. And Jude understood this too, as he wrote in his uh, greeting. And I love it because these, yo, know, when you look, this ain't even in the body of the letter that these guys are writing. This is in the greeting. This is something that they knew. They greeted one another with this understanding, my friend. This is how they greeted one another, Todd. They, they greeted one another with the understanding that we have been set apart in Christ Jesus. That it's all been done. And so from here, we live. Yes. This is where we live from. And it's an awesome thing. My God. And God is, is compelling our hearts today. Will you live from this place? Jude. It says Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. And the brother of James. A bond servant is what? Is a slave by choice. I choose to be your slave. I, I could go free. But because uh, I didn't serve my time. But no, I don't want to go free. I want to stay under your servanthood. So a bond servant of Jesus Christ is a, by choice. I've chosen Jesus Christ. But look at what he says. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father. And somebody say and. And, and preserved in Jesus Christ. There's three things here. One, you've been called by the Father. You've been called by God. But not only did God call you, he sanctified you. Meaning he sets you apart. You've been sanctified by God. And three, that that sanctification, that call, that sanctification is preserved in Christ. That Christ is the one that's keeping this. Not my good works. Mm. Thank you, Lord. That's keeping me uh, in Christ or keeping me in this place, keeping me with this understanding. No, it is God through Christ Jesus already that has sanctified us. It is God in Christ Jesus that preserves the sanctification. Mm. And it is God through Christ Jesus because uh, salvation belongs to Him. That is in Christ, our salvation, all of this is kept. And it's, been, it's, it's kept by God. In Christ. It's kept by Jesus Christ. Did you think that when you got saved, that uh, your salvation that, uh, would continue or, or is kept by you? I think all of us, you know, may have probably had a notion of that. But if we really think about it, then thank God that it ain't. Because all of us would be going straight to hell right now. Because you ain't good enough. Because I ain't good enough to keep my own, to keep it. God has made me clean, but all I, if, I, if it's kept by me, then all I would do is, is get it dirty all over again. Yes. If he, if, if, if he cleaned me up, then I hope that you come right now, Lord, because if you give me any moments, it's going to get dirty again. Because as soon as that person cut me off on the freeway, I'm going to cuss them out. Because as soon as that, uh, my co-worker talking crazy to me, I'm going to go off. As soon as the wife said this best to me, it's going to make me well up. And even if I don't say the words, I done, did, I done did all of these things within me. And we know, Lord, that you can hear all of them. Yes. So I ain't get away with none of them. Yes. I'm messed up, oh Lord. I'm messed up. So we can see the value of the word of God when it says that it's preserved in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody ought to praise him like that. That, this, that, that my salvation, that all my justification, my sanctification is preserved in Christ. Man, ain't that good news? And that's what God has wanted to share with us on this day. That this is the good news. That you have been, your, your preservation, your, I mean, your sanctification, your justification, your salvation is preserved 
in Christ. And so therefore, this is the reason why he says, I don't need you to work for your salvation because it's already preserved in Christ Jesus. But what I do need you to do is for the time that I've left you here, because it is preserved in Christ Jesus, I need you to work it out. It's just like anything else. It's just like, you know, when you go to the gym, you don't get new muscles. You already have some muscles. They may not be exercised, so you need to work them out. So God ain't talking about giving you something new. He's talking about this is what you have, but I need you to exercise it. I need you to work it out. So I need you to pursue it like this. So he ain't talking about what you need to acquire. He's talking about what he's already given. And he needs us to work it out. How do we work it out? We work it out one day at a time as we grow progressively towards holiness. As we continue to die to ourselves. As we learn how to, uh, when the wife says this or the husband says that, to learn how to even cast out every thought and every imagination. You know, because I used to would go off when the person cut me off. But learning how to not, to God bless you. And not in a sarcastic way, but to realize where my preservation has been, is kept at. And to realize that, man, if, if God has kept me, then I need to bless you. Honestly, having a heart to really bless. Because ultimately, that's the whole reason why he left us here. Because he needs a vessel that is fit for the master's use. One that he can use that will bless those that don't deserve a blessing. This is what the whole purpose of all of this is. So he ain't telling you to work out your, your own soul salvation so you can feel like you deserve what he's giving you or you can earn what he's already given you. No, he's saying it because I need somebody, that, a vessel that I can use to bless those that don't need, don't deserve a blessing. Just like I blessed you and you didn't deserve a blessing. Yeah. Right. Glory be to God. This is truly what this is all about. He has come to set us free, my friends. And the Bible says, whom the Son is set free, is free indeed. This is what this is all about. He's come to set us free. Yes. That we may live from this place as his dear children. As his inheritance. One that he is, uh, would be proud to come to, 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 when that day comes, to receive into his presence. One that is going back to what is, where we started from. That real, to work out your salvation really means to do what? It's to know that it is God who works in you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is what this is all about. This is about God working in you to both will and to do of his good pleasure. This is the only reason why. This is why he tells us to work out our salvation because he has is something that he wants to do. Not to work it out so you can get what he's already given you. He's already done that. And he needs us to know, I've done that. Yes. Now what I need you to do is to allow me to work in you. Both to will and to do of my good pleasure. This is what this is all about. This is what our life is all about. In Christ Jesus, if you are here today and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't care if you got one day, 20 years, 30 years, or 50 years, or 60 or 70 years left in front of you. If your time is only about one thing and one thing only, my friend, and that is that God can work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what your time is all about here. It's nothing else. Nothing else. And if we put anything before that, you're going to be in for a rude awakening, my friend. Yes. And the rude awakening, no, I ain't talking about he's going to take back his justification. But I'm talking about when you stand before the throne of grace. And, you, and, and then and you see God for who he is. That's when you're going to know the truth. And you're going to know that in the presence of Almighty God, as the word of God says that in his presence, that every knee is going to bow. Those on, of heaven, those on the earth, those that is under the earth. He said, I'm including everything. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's what it's going to be. And, 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 and some 
is going to be every every tongue, every tongue. Somebody say tongue. Every tongue. It's going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to bow. But to the understanding that Jesus is Lord and the Bible says to the glory of the Father that God is going to be pleased when this happens. And there's two ways that one, some knees going to bow. Some knees going to bow because with, uh, with the understanding that Jesus is Lord. With a confession that has already been made. And they're going to they gonna bow. Their knees is going to gladly bow, my friend. And it's going to come with some peace and some joy. And then there's some, another, another knee that's going to bow and another tongue that's going to confess. And guess what? They're going to gladly do it also. But they're going to do it with the not knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So it's gonna, they're going to be doing it with regret that they didn't do it before. Yes. They didn't do it before. See, this is what this is all about. This is the reason why our time, if we think anything different about our time, other than what this truth is, then you're going to waste your time. And at the time that you bow your knee, yeah, you don't know Christ. But you're going to bow with the understanding of I wasted my time. And that ain't going to make you feel too good. Yes. You're going to know the value of your time, I should say. More than anything. Wow. No, I ain't saying that you're going to walk in with your head like this into heaven. No, because you wasted your time. Because you're going to just be glad to get in there. Even having wasted your time, but you're going to go in there empty-handed, that's for sure. See, this is what Paul was talking about, the crowns and the rewards, the stuff that we will get in heaven. You, won't, you ain't going to have nothing in your head. You're going to be glad to be there. And even having something in your hand, it ain't for you. That ain't what's going to make you feel bad, because you can be in heaven and, and, and you're so glad to be there. It didn't matter whether you had something in the hands. But what the word is going to make a difference is, you see, because that which was in your hand is for the Lord. That's it. See, you don't know that I did not do all that I needed to do for the Lord. Yeah. Wow. You're going to be satisfied, but you're going to know that, man. Wow. That question. That I could have did more. Is God satisfied? Mm. And we don't have to go there like that. And especially us, because the love of God has been shown. She said it in song to song, he loves us, man. And you can feel his abundant love, because if he didn't love us this much, then he would not be sharing all of this with you. Right here, right now. So it all boils down to one simple thing, my friend. We have, there, there has to be a change. A burning desire on the inside of us. To begin to live our lives. From the place that God has placed us at. And you are justified. All your transgressions are gone. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart for the master's use. So live from that place right now, my friends. You can live from that place. It's just a, what is your desire? That's the only question. Is do you have the desire to live from that place? And see, living from that place, then you don't have to count. Uh, uh, you don't have to count how many times you fell down. You can just look forward to moving forward and if you fall down, you can look forward to getting back up. Because it ain't about how many times you fall down. It's about am I keeping moving forward? Am I progressively growing progressively in holiness? Am I pursuing? Is that my pursuit? See, this, that's the good news on this race. It don't matter uh, what place you come in. You ain't racing against nobody else. The good news is on this race, it don't matter if you fall down. The race is, are you going to get back up and, can you, and, and continue? See, that's the good news. Everybody that gets back up and continues is a winner. And the thing, everybody that realizes I can get back up and continue is a winner because you're free. Yes, that's it. Come on, come on. That's the winners. And, and see, and, 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 uh, when we're working for our salvation, then it's, it's difficult to get back up. Yeah. We waste too much time. Yes. Satan is tricking us and binding us. This, this world here don't have Satan on it to bind you or to trick you. It's one that is free. But Jesus said, you, you are free indeed. Come on. Come on. See, it's the good news, my friend. It really is good news if we understand. 
And my prayer for each and every one of us. I didn't say you. For every one of us. That includes me. That we understand what God is saying. And that we live from this day forward. In a pursuit, a desire to pursue him because of what he did, where he's placed there, who I am, and how and, and, and uh, where I'm at in Christ Jesus. That has released me and freed me from the bondage and the cares of life. You are free. You've been justified. All of your transgressions are gone. Live like that. Know that and live like that. Yes. I'm talking about for real. Know today that Jesus, even if you didn't know before, know today that Jesus, in Christ Jesus, all your transgressions are gone. Why? Because I've been justified. Yes. I've been justified. I've been justified. Jesus. That'll make you praise God to the highest every time you think about it. You've been justified. Hallelujah. I guarantee you. If you understand this every time, even if you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you think about being justified, you're going to praise him to the highest, my friend. When you wake up tomorrow morning and he puts that, uh, reminds you that you've been justified, you're going to leap for, uh, for dear joy. If you really understand this, it ain't no lie or trick of the enemy that can hold you when you know that you've been justified. He can speak all of them lies, but they'll be cast down just like that. So when, when Satan try to lie to you, say, say, say to Satan, you can speak to him. You can speak to him. See, now we can speak to him with the authority of Jesus Christ. See, before we have to say rebuke, I, not I rebuke you. We have to be careful of, of saying I rebuke you or the Lord rebukes you. But today we can say we ain't got to say nothing. All, when he lies to you or he comes against you, just say, I've been justified. And you can turn your back on him. I've been justified. So you can't trick me with all of that mess because I've been justified. Yes. And all my transgressions are gone. You a liar, Satan. Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Lord, we glorify and we press. We just bless your precious name, Lord God. Yes. That you have delivered to us, Lord God, an understanding of justification, Lord God. That we have been justified. 